welcome back to another episode of Pages from My Notebook, a true-to-life podcast, the Grad School Diaries edition. I know I say this every every single time I have to come back. It's been a long time. Um, and thankfully, the war is over. The suffering has ceased. My first year of graduate school is over. I am battered, bloodied, bruised, but I'm alive. So if you want to hear about how things have been going since February, since I last uploaded an episode all the way till now, where I am half of a master's degree, keep on listening. Now, as a preface for this episode, like the last couple of episodes, well, actually, I take that back, but I'm currently recording this at 3 a.m. in the pitch black dark in my room because I said, you know what? Consistency is better than perfection. While I also have not been consistent with the podcast, at least me recording on my phone is better than me not recording at all. And I have most definitely missed the pod during this time of suffering. Sorrows, sorrows, and prayers (laughs) for me. Shout out to all the Queen Charlotte Bridgerton watchers. Anyway, what has happened In the last three months, I'm trying to recollect where I left you all at. And I think my last episode was the one on Valentine's Day. And I just picked like random questions, you know, like those sleepover questions that you find on Pinterest. And I feel like that was fun. I got to reflect a little bit, you know, on my love life as is, you know, (laughs) the meat and potatoes of this podcast. Because looking at my analytics, y'all are nosy. All of my episodes about love and dating are some of my most listened to. You know what? I don't blame you. I love the tea as well. Um, But I hope you're not really getting that many tips because y'all know it's only my third day out here. So anyway, that's not what this episode is about. Oh, grad school. Where do I begin? First of all, I want to give a shout out to all of the PhDs, all of the doctorates, all of the all the doctors in the house because you all are truly the Lord's strongest soldiers. When I tell you, combined with my experience getting a master's degree and everything that I've read and heard about the PhD experience, y'all could keep that. <laughs> I know that research and all of those things can be very fulfilling. However, comma, me, myself, Erica Danielle Barnes, I don't want no part of it. No, there's no possible way that I am dedicating six years to the institution that is academia. Not anymore. I am so completely like the rose colored glasses. They are smudged and dirtied and broken like that. I... (laughs) The burnout culture, the imposter syndrome, the racism, the sexism, the everything isms, it's phobics. I just, it's a lot going on. So shout out to y'all for fighting the good fight and getting those three letters after your name and the two in the front. I'm gonna just take my little MUP and be about my business because that's wow. So I guess a segue into that would be talking about my classes for the spring semester. Well, um, yeah, let's let's go there because I feel like fall, <laughs> the first couple chapters of the grad school diaries, y'all know how much of a hot mess it was. But if this is your first episode listening to this short recap, um, I graduated from undergrad in May of 2022. 
Um, my first love broke up with me. I moved three states over to Illinois. Um, my apartment is a piece of crap. Uh, it looked nothing like the pictures. It was awful. My landlord and management company doesn't care. Um, my upstairs neighbors robbed me. Um, I developed a stomach ulcer and my migraines got worse from all of the stress I was under. Um, the professors were mean. I was told that I chose the wrong field and that things are just difficult and that's just the way that they are when I had a question, multiple questions during class. Um, so you can see how the the warm welcome I was hoping to receive was like a, a slap in the face, honestly. And they told me I was, you know, a stupid hoe. Um, <laughs> so that was the fall semester. I uh, definitely tried to drop out, tried to break my lease uh, nothing, nothing works. So I unfortunately suffered through and suffered the consequences. Got a 4.0, but at what cost? Um, a couple, couple thousand in credit card debt and, you know, my intestinals tracked and my nervous system are just shot to all hell. But, you know, I am protected and covered and determined, and there is no way for me to get out of it without having to back pay tuition. So I decided to keep going. Because my track record with the first semester at a university is not great. 2018 freshman in college, awful. That's when my depression started. Didn't make any friends. Uh, academic probation. But as we can see, you know, graduated magna cum laude, made friends, you know. It, it worked out. However, comma, <laughs> again, in undergrad, I was in a city that I really liked. And so I was able to develop as a person, you know, you know. Um, in this particular area of Illinois, I, again, here are where the rose-colored glasses came in, because undergrad, it was an urban environment, that's what I wanted, that's what I loved, and I was like, oh, this will be a great change of pace and scenery. Boy, was I mistaken. (laughs) I was, you know, caught up, oh, there's a quad, there's grass, blah, 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 blah. In Pittsburgh, I could have gone to a park here, it's just grass and there's nothing to do but drink and if I was a different person in a different body sure maybe that would be a great draw but being the adult that I am um and being surrounded by children who are drinking which also my shitty apartment is in like the frat complex of campus so I was just taking L's left and right um, long story short, the campus and the environment here is not what I thought. Um, it's not the same as undergrad where you can just join any club. It's like, you're most likely the oldest one there and you don't know like the culture of the university because you're not in the group chats. You're not, you didn't have the orient the same orientation getting you acclimated to campus because it's graduate students. It's like, you're an adult, figure it out. So it is just not what I expected, not what I was prepared for. Um, so it was very isolating. And so blah, 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 going through fall semester, everything sucks. Cool. Um, if we go through winter break, I honestly do not remember the holidays. So sorry about that. I'm trying to fast forward to February, but, oh, (laughs) not me reliving the trauma. Okay. I remember winter break now. Um, I decided that getting a driver's license would help me out because this is very rural, suburban here. And so 
it's car dependent. That's a whole other thing. I'm an urban planner. I could talk about this all day, but I won't. Um, my parents helped teach me how to drive. Very appreciative. Um, but my driving test instructor, um, was a jerk and he failed me. So that was just a bust. And that sort of like popped the bubble of any remaining hope that I had of making this grad school experience better just in terms of like living because with a license I would be able to you know take myself wherever I wanted to go but I failed and I didn't have it and so I was stuck relegated really to the same life um so that was honestly really devastating and uh spoiler alert things didn't really get better (laughs) so coming back to campus I registered all but one class outside of my program's department. One, because there aren't that many graduate level classes offered in my department, which I will get there because that is a whole other story. But also I was just so burnt out and disappointed and frustrated with the faculty and classes and assignments and culture of the department that I came into that is supposed to be my quote unquote home at this university, I was like, if I have to take another class on like law or policy or talk about equity and inclusion in a room full of white people, I don't know if I will make it. (laughs) So I branched out, um, went back to my, you know, my, my love of gender and women's studies and a new field for me, at least, but it's a big one here, family studies, which I was like, okay, that's new that's different I'm a little bit of a sociology girly like I feel like I'll be able to do well and that was a really awesome change of pace to be able to meet people from all different you know academic backgrounds because when you are in a smaller discipline such as urban planning you kind of get comfortable because especially because it's a niche type of thing you have to explain what it is that you do so many times that when you're finally around people who also do what you do and understand it and understand that frustration, you don't really want to branch out because you get used to not having to explain yourself over and over again, right? And so that's kind of what I was fed up with. It's like, I, it's like, I love, I like y'all and we get along and we're, you know, similarly minded, but in urban planning, there's also that sort of like, you know, stem bro ego that can really mess up the flow of things. And so I had to branch out to, you know, people of color and women. <laughs> and that's what I found. And it was a really great, you know, kind of reprieve and helped me see more of the university because all of my classes my first semester fall semester were in the same room in the same building and you can see how monotonous that might get and the sense of dread that I would feel walking into the same classroom knowing I would be confused and talked down to and it was just bad vibes bad time um so yeah that's sort of where my classes were um I'm trying to it's like it's only been a week since the semester's been over and I'm already forgetting everything that they were about. Um, I wouldn't say they were easier. I would say they were more relaxed. Like attendance wasn't always required. Um, one would like be canceled a lot. The other one required a lot more reading, but socially it was great. Um, and 
yeah, I did take one class in planning, which was cool. Like, and that was sort of not what kept me going, but so many times <laughs> I was like, is this even worth it? Is this even what I want anymore? Like, this is not what I signed up for. I don't like it X, Y, and Z. But then we would have conversations where it's like, okay, I know that this is the career path that I want and I'm already here. So I might as well keep going, even though I don't really like it. And that's the hard thing. And I don't know if I want to get into this now, but, and (laughs) okay, let me sidetrack because I know a lot more of my listeners from this podcast are probably people in my program who, you know, know my face and now know more of my story. Um, I doubt that it's going to get to anybody who has any impact on like my financial aid or my academic progress. So I can really talk as much shit as I want and nothing's going to happen to me. But (laughs) if you know me in real life, you know, if the shoe fits, wear it. But if it doesn't, let it fly. You know, be cool. Just let me let me clear my throat. Let me let me do what I need to do. Um, (laughs) so with that disclaimer being said, hey, y'all, but if you don't know me and you don't know my university, the department is a hot ass mess and shout out to the marketing, the recruitment, the, I forget the word, the student success attainment team, whatever it's called, because y'all put on a great front. It looked like, you know, all the professors are doing this great research and it's a small but mighty program and everybody gets to know each other and they're producing these great results and alumni go on to do great things, which that is true. Illinois alumni are very successful, but the the paths and the webs we weave to get there at this university, child, they <laughs> had that under lock and key. But as soon as you get here, it's sort of like here it is. Um, so yeah, uh, it's kind of, it's weird because this is what I didn't understand about grad school that I couldn't, I didn't find out from doing research or talking to people. And this is one of the biggest gripes that I have. I'm kind of all over the place, but like I did everything I was supposed to do that you're supposed to do before you decide on a university to attend. Like you look up professors, you set up informational meetings. I talked to students. I talked to students who, you know, f- were from a similar background as me, people from other backgrounds, people in leadership positions, professors, admissions directors. Like I talked to everybody I was supposed to talk to to make an informed decision. And I thought I made the right decision. But they don't tell you that the program is very mixed between undergraduates who are in a special program where they get their master's in an extra year versus people who are coming from other departments in the university versus people who are coming from different states versus people who are coming from different countries and that everyone is, for lack of a better term, segregated into their own groups because obviously people that have been attending the university for four years are going to be f- more familiar with each other in the program versus people who are coming in for only two years and you know, it takes a good six months to get acclimated and, you know, be comfortable with people. So everyone is sort of like, (laughs) we're together, but we're alone. And bless our hearts, we try to like be together and be social. But I know for me, and y'all know, if you've listened to any episode of this podcast, I have anxiety. And so if I don't know you, if I'm not comfortable, I'm gonna, you know, hightail it to the crib, because it's just so much effort to 
exert in trying to get used to a new situation, be comfortable, know that I'm safe, but also, you know, be the social Erica, the Erica that, you know, cracks jokes and like gets to know people and is engaged in a conversation. Sometimes it can feel like a performance that you have to put on to get through and I can do it when I need to and when I want to, but you know, and with everything that's happened to me here, sometimes it's like, I just, (laughs) I just can't. And you don't, for me, I didn't want to be the person who is like, who doesn't have anything positive to contribute because my experience had not been positive. And even talking about where I came from, it's like, yeah, I was in really intensive outpatient therapy and I was going through a really bad heartbreak and I'm broke. Like, it's just, it's a weird time in life, but you're put into the situation where you're meeting all these types of people and you're given this like immense privilege and opportunity to receive this education, especially me with a fellowship where, you know, I wasn't paying tuition. It's just a very precocious balance that not a lot of people experience, but it's also hard to describe to someone until they are themselves in that situation. Like I didn't expect to feel the feelings that I felt once I got here. So that's how I received the department. But, you know, that's how we are as a cohort as people coming in. But that's not our fault because we're students. The university's job is to welcome us. And no one told us that all of our professors, again, this is what I didn't know about just graduate education in general, that professors are researchers first. So, and forgive me if something about this is wrong, because I don't know all the details, but faculty come to a university because they provide them funding to do their research, and in exchange for that funding, they teach classes. You know, makes sense? Cool. But the professors here are relatively young, I feel, and or and or very active in the field, and that activity takes them away from the university. <laughs> there are so many professors that are leaving, that are going on leave, that are, you know, for a multitude of reasons. Sometimes it's personal, sometimes it's academic. And even the ones that are staying, that are like mainstays in the department, they are so busy with their other work. It's like, trying to trying to catch them with a lasso to you know talk to them about another topic or you know getting their opinion on something or god forbid (laughs) what we've had to do is get people you know to help explain department policies to us setting up meetings with these people who again are you know just trying to have their career but they also have this extra saddle of responsibility that to be very honest not a lot of them really wanted or are good at handling y'all know the professor who I have beef with is like (laughs) they're the perfect picture of that people have told me they said that they hate teaching and it's just part of what they have to do and that comes through they're really bad actors people will tell you (laughs) like I said they told me when I said I'm having trouble with this concept is there any way that you know this can be adjusted or do you have any tips and it's just sort of like you know it sucks to be you this is just hard and you have to get through it and that's just part of how it is and me personally I don't believe in undue suffering I don't believe in hazing or making people pay their dues if you know how to help somebody get through something without you know undue stress 
help them. (laughs) And if you don't know, you should not want other people to go through the same suffering as you. That's how I feel. And especially as planners, like, we are, we are responsible for dictating, like, how the world and the environment and, like, space is used to help people live better lives. And so if you're not extending equity and, like, compassion and empathy to the people you're training to be the ones who are responsible for extending those traits to the general population of the world, can you, can you pick up where the disconnect is? Yeah. And so that sort of funk is very, is very palpable within the department. And (laughs) everyone that I've talked to really has had a negative or adverse experience with a faculty member because that type of attitude is prevalent. And it would be fine, I guess, if it was someone you just see in passing, but when those types of things are like baked into their teaching style and they're not very responsive just as people side of the classroom, it's just not the tea. And of course, you know, different students have different perceptions of this. People who have been here longer that are used to it, they don't see a problem with it. Or if they aren't of a marginalized identity that is typically <laughs> at a disadvantage in a higher education setting, they don't see a problem with it. But the people, the girls that get it, that get it, you know, we notice these really big problems and it's kind of hard to speak up about something because two years is such a relatively short time for an academic program and there's so much work that you have to do. It feels like, do I really want to fight for my humanity and civil rights? <laughs> like, do I really have the energy to expend on that? Or do I do I outsource this frustration into a different outlet and just let the institution be institutionalizing because that's easier? And we know how white supremacy and capitalism works and wants to break you down so you don't question the status quo. And I, <laughs> and that's not the point of this episode to get on my soapbox about academia. I can make a whole other episode about that. In fact, I probably will. But just to let you know, that is how I perceive the department. And it's not all negative. Obviously, like I have friends. I do enjoy a lot of people there. I'm I can say that I've learned things, maybe not as much or in the capacity that I imagined. And that's also an issue. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so community, it's like a double-edged sword. Like we're kind of disjointed all over the place, but also talking to people has made this experience pretty much (laughs) the level of bearable to where I do not need emergency intervention. You know what I mean? So that's that's how the department is. And you can imagine my shock when I attended a social event with people in the department and everyone's like, where have you been? We never see you. Like, what classes are you taking? So what had happened was because I was so disillusioned with planning and needed a break and took courses in a different school, I guess. I forget all of the distinctions between departments and colleges or whatever. Everybody that I came in with, they stuck to the like predetermined schedule of courses that you take. Like in fall semester, everyone basically took the same three courses and you can add or take away an elective. And apparently there is a second set 
of core courses that you could take in the spring semester, but I didn't think about that. All I thought about was, what class can I take that doesn't make me want to jump off a bridge? But I also shot myself in the foot because everyone else has finished these core courses that are really dependent on group work and working together, and I didn't take them at the same time. So I will be in these classes with the new first year students, which is fine. You know, I can get to know people there, but it's still like, again, adds to that social anxiety of now, oh, I'm really the odd one out because I didn't have this time that you spend with people, you know, six hours a week, two to five (laughs) days out of the week in the same classroom learning and working together. Now, on the other hand, what I've heard about these classes is that they're not great either and also kind of a hot mess. So maybe it'll be a different vibe with new people that might work better for me. But who knows? I'm not getting my hopes up because a lot of what happens here is disappointing. So there's really no use in trying to put a positive spin on things. <laughs> um, but for the sake of this episode, I'll try. So that's where I am. Um... As of the time of recording, I don't have my final grades yet, but I can tell you that I got my first F. Wow, right? And as you can hear, I'm not crying. I'm not sliding down the wall, screaming, throwing up, tearing my hair out because <laughs> this semester, I I didn't say fuck it. I'm, I'm at that point now, but we'll get there. But I was like, I, I didn't make myself suffer like I just gave that whole spiel about like if I didn't feel good enough to get out of bed I didn't get out of bed I turned in things late I used my resources and it shows in my grades did I you know not do some assignments that weren't excused yeah but that's how what I felt I needed to do to take care of myself at the time and I don't regret it could I have gotten better grades if I pushed through you know, the headaches and the exhaustion and the <laughs> and the sadness to do them, sure. But even on the assignments that I was doing my best on, because they were outside of my realm of expertise and because this university approaches gender and women's studies courses differently than my other university did, I I wasn't, you know, hitting the highest marks on those assignments either. And so it was sort of like, do I keep killing myself trying to get these nominal points that may or may not come in handy later? Or do I just do enough to get by and keep it pushing? And so instead of being Captain Save a Grade and trying to, you know, kill myself over doing everything, I just did not the bare minimum. What's like three steps up from bare? I don't know. (laughs) Like I did try. I did. But sometimes it was like, I would just do one draft of things. I'd be like, well, that's good enough. And I did get feedback that I needed to like proofread, which as a former editor in chief, I'm like, how dare you? But thinking about it's like, yeah, I probably should (laughs) have. But some things were like, yeah, this, this is good enough for me. Like, I don't really know what I'm talking about, but I'll give it my best shot. And it kind of works half and half because a lot of grad school is discussion so as long as you come in with a semblance of what you're talking about and talk through your ideas especially in like humanities courses like that's sort of the point 
is to talk to people and like work through things you can you can get by but it's in the writing where you're supposed to have like an outline topic and like delve into things where I kind of struggle because it's like I don't have that strong of a background or people to bounce off of so I'm I hope I am understanding what you're asking but sometimes the questions are too open-ended or they're too specific where I don't I just don't feel confident in my answer but again I didn't kill myself to try and make it perfect so (laughs) especially for these final assignments I was reduce reusing and recycling I was editing papers that I've written previously to try and make them work which does fit because a lot of classes ask me to do things that are related to what I'm studying that's a privilege of grad school is that a lot of papers you write they work with you and you can just build off of whatever independent research you're doing (laughs) but where I got caught up is that I didn't realize I didn't understand what research means (laughs) at this level in undergrad, when I did a research paper, it's looking up secondary sources on like EBSCOhost and Google Scholar and sort of forming your opinion around them and finding quotes to support your answer. In grad school, research is you are the person doing the interview, you know, primary versus secondary. I didn't think about that. So in my mind, secondary is primary, but really primary is primary and secondary is secondary. <laughs> And so that's sort of not surface level, but, you know, undergraduate level. I never. Well, I had the opportunity to do primary research, but I just didn't want to. (laughs) I'm not a researcher. And that is part of the big reason I don't want a Ph.D. because I I cannot think of a single original topic that I would want to research to the extent that a Ph.D. requires. I just don't have it. Um, And so that's sort of my downfall. Um, in some of these classes where I was only master's students surrounded by PhD students or law students. And it was like, they all have this experience and like know all of these things about doing and reading and interpreting research. And I'm sort of like, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Like, I know that I'm smart. I know that I'm capable. I know that I'm a great writer, but to this level, I was like really insecure about it. And I just, I did try to keep afloat, but it was sometimes it felt to a point like the gap in the knowledge and experience was so far apart. I just sat there and shut the hell up and just listened, you know, and I feel like that's a virtue that many people need to have. (laughs) I take pride in being able to shut the hell up. I love being quiet and minding my business, but in grad school, I you definitely have to fake it till you make it. And this semester, I faked it. Not even, you know, to the greatest extent, but just enough. Like, I would get so much detailed feedback and it was sort of like, baby, don't worry, Ben. I can't read all that shit because, (laughs) like, you don't have the bandwidth to take in what these people are saying when you're juggling so many different things and so many different responsibilities. And in my case, just trying to stay healthy enough to be able to attend (laughs) class and, like, be an active participant in things. That's a really unfortunate part about this experience. Like, I genuinely came in here wanting to learn and, like, be engaged in learning more so than undergrad, where you're, like, distracted with, like, you know, all of the frills of being a young adult (laughs) 
out on your own for the first time. And here, it was just like the imposter syndrome. She was she was putting in work like to a level that I hadn't experienced before. And it was kind of disheartening on top of all of the other disappointments. So yes, in one class, I did get an F on a final paper. And I all... I think I have it like a C minus. Um, by the grace of God, C's and B's get degrees. And so <laughs> in other classes, I have like an A minus, B's, whatever. And it really is a good thing that the GPA doesn't matter that much. Like there's no there's no levels of distinction. It's like either you get the minimum GPA to stay or you don't. And you get you get handled. And so... I don't feel really any pressure to get a 3.8 versus a 3.4 because as long as it's over three point, it's sunshine and rainbows. So I'll probably just barely be at the threshold, but I'm at peace with that because I survived. <laughs> really, that's one of my favorite songs. I will survive. Um, That's my motto. You know, as long as I know how to love, I know I'll stay alive. <laughs> And that's what I want to get into in this next part of the podcast is what I've learned about taking care of myself because school will, it's built to, you know, break you down to, I guess, build you back up, but I'm not interested in playing that game anymore. So coming into the second semester, I, I was like, there has to be, there has to be a brighter side. (laughs) I'm a firm believer in the saying that, you know, don't ever let a man tell you he doesn't want you more than once. But in a situation such as this, where I genuinely do feel like the university does not want me, I have no choice but to keep giving her chance after chance because I'm stuck here. <laughs> we do have a pretty bad relationship, but I I had to give it another shot because I would go crazy if I didn't. Um let's see what have I tried I paid for fitness classes like group fitness classes didn't like any of them they don't offer dance classes and the ones that had some semblance of trying to move to a rhythm they were just too fast-paced and too intense and I just hated them um I paid for swim lessons that was great learned how to swim in like four weeks super cool love that I can do that now um I joined a dance team. There's a new dance team being formed, um, Majorette Style, which, you know, as other Gen Zers growing up watching Bring It, I'm very excited to live that fantasy in however that accumulates in life. Um, I found a new grocery store to go to. That was a small win um, because the one near my apartment on campus is pitiful, really. Um, (laughs) I started riding bikes more, um, just very small things to try and help myself. I learned I love boba, like, it's super cool. Um, again, another thing to spend money on, but what what are you gonna do, right? So I've, def- I've done my due diligence, come on, alliteration, of <laughs> trying to make this place better, and a big, a big part of it is also being able to go to Chicago, like, 
I went for my birthday. I went with people in my class. It's like a professional development thing. Like Chicago has been a really bright spot of coming here because I didn't know where I was going to, you know, live as an adult. I didn't consider staying in Pittsburgh because I was like, I need to spread my wings, you know, and not leave it behind. But I was just so stuck in experiencing it as an undergrad that I didn't consider experiencing it as an adult. But that's also um, another episode <laughs> worth of content. But and I'm again, I'm trying not to have any expectations because at this point, the whole state of Illinois is against me <laughs> because I tried applying for government assistance and they were just not having it. Um. So, yeah, my as of now, thinking of where I will be in literally 360 something days, because I'm assuming my graduation date will be the same as it was this year. Uh, it will be in 2024. I'm assuming I'm going to move to Chicago. Hopefully I'll get a job. That's also been really hard. Um, the job that I did get in October, I think I talked about this, that turned to shit. So I just quit that. Um, tech startup people are so weird. Like they're just so weird and like wrong about so many things. Uh, it's just, it just didn't work out the way I wanted it to. Um, and I also got a job at the bookstore, but like no one has reached out about training me. So I'm just kind of confused about that. Um, I won't have a stipend next year. I'll be a teaching or research assistant, which like, I just told y'all, I don't know how the fuck to do research. So I guess I'll have to be a teacher, but like people don't listen to me anyway. Like I, <laughs> it's also like taking another class because you have to know the information to be able to grade. And I haven't really thought about that whole situation and how that's going, how that's going to be. But I, <laughs> I don't know. It's probably not going to be great. It's going to, there's going to be a lot of my plate. And also, I didn't even mention this. So because in my first year, not first year, in my first semester, I took three classes, which is 12 credits instead of four, which is 16, which would essentially for the degree, the number of credits required to graduate. If you divide it by four semesters, it would be 16 credits or four classes each semester. But because I didn't take that one extra course in the first semester, I am behind, which is now causing me to have to take 18 credits in my next two semesters in order to graduate on time. Now, normally the concept of graduating on time doesn't bother me because like, what is time anyway? Like if you're getting a degree, you do what you need to do to get out of there, right? However, comma, in my case, I hate it here. I am not staying any longer than I have to or any longer that is not covered by a tuition waiver. So, I, oh my gosh, as I'm talking, I'm like, all of the things that I've repressed are unfolding. Given that in our department, with all of the mess of there being no professors, there's also barely any courses being offered because no one wants to teach outside of what they research and no one wants to be here over the summer. So there are no summer classes for me to enroll in. And the one that I found, which was in social work, which is relatively related, um, and it was to the level where it counts towards a degree it let me register it didn't have any 
see restrictions and then I get an email saying actually this is restricted for masters of social work students so I'm gonna need you to drop it so once again I tried to be optimistic and be proactive in solving a problem that I had and the universe said no no (laughs) suffer (laughs) so um that that was where my summer dilemma went and it came back again because (laughs) I don't even know child um and so another you know positive I guess not even a loophole but a feature of the program is that if you get an internship it takes off four credits of the degree which is which is essentially like taking a class however comma you already know there's a something coming next um I've been getting rejected left and right from internships jobs I've basically been applying since January, since the job that I got in October started being crappy, um, nothing was panning out. And I was really freaking out because on top of just like being financially unstable as a student, so many other people, and it, maybe it, it might just be me, but so many other people are so successful because they are in medicine, they're in engineering, they're in um finance like all of the people that I know are were able to so easily get jobs or what appears like it was easy so easily able to get these opportunities and like secure these things months in advance and it's like (laughs) what (laughs) like I feel like I'm qualified I feel like I have experiences I you know I got here on a full ride but Apparently my resume was shit. Apparently I don't have enough experience or I have too much experience or it's not detailed enough or I don't have a portfolio or I don't have. Oh, my gosh. It was just like. It made me question, like, I don't know what I've been doing. I feel as though I did I not specialize enough? Like, did I not put myself out there enough? Did I was I not involved enough? And that's where the imposter syndrome comes in because, like, I feel like I'm a very accomplished person, but in this new environment, in this new arena, like, things have been really difficult for me. And usually, you know, like, I'm a pretty resilient person. I feel like I've been able to get through hard things. Like, I was literally robbed and I didn't burn this building down like (laughs) like I would have before. But it's so weird And this is partially why I applied to school again. One, because from the research that I've done, I needed this degree to be, you know, successful in the field. But two, I was scared of finding full-time employment because I worked full-time before and I don't really like it. I'm not a morning person. I hate being up early. I hate having to report to people multiple times a day or having to coordinate my schedule like just nine to five work like it just it just makes my stomach hurt and I didn't want to start doing that and the only other way to be financially somewhat stable as a young person without a full-time job is education and student loans and scholarships and grants and whatever so I felt like I was doing the right thing I felt like I was comfortable with this decision but I was also faced with this sort of real world dilemma anyway (laughs) so again I got the worst sides of 
both coins in regards to finding a job or an internship. And so for a long while, I was really torn because it was like, I don't know where to apply. Do I just get a job that I can keep working throughout the summer and the year? Or do I get an internship where I have to possibly move somewhere and quit? Like, there were barely any things within this city. Everything was either in New York or D.C. or somewhere you had to relocate. But they don't give you any relocation benefits. Or it was in Chicago and it had to be in the office. So I would have to, like, figure out a way to, like, do I take the train four hours every day? to get here and back do I stay there I would be spending the money that I need to save because I won't have a stipend next year for my rent I would be spending that on an Airbnb trying to do an internship somewhere in a different city like there were just so many odds stacked against me and the path that I ended up going with I got an internship in my hometown which is great cool awesome I live at home for free but I have no connections of anyone or anywhere to find someone to sublease my current apartment which as you all know is a piece of shit that I wouldn't wish on an unsuspecting person I would wish my apartment on my worst enemies and that's saying something and I reached out for help like (laughs) I just there was I have no resources to find someone to take over my lease so I won't have to keep paying for it but also I would feel shitty having somebody live here because I don't want to live here and I (laughs) if there's anything I've learned it's like treat people the way you want to be treated because here people will treat you any kind of way and I'm not used to that so it's been really important to me to try to be a better person towards myself and others and I'm learning that as an adult that's an expensive choice um it's just a lot coming back y'all like trying to explain everything and this is not even as in-depth as I could go which I feel like I need to think about how I'm going to do other episodes about this experience because there is a lot that I've gone through that there were no videos about there were no articles there were no podcasts there were there's no nothing to prepare me for what could have possibly happened and so yeah trying to find a job trying to find an internship comparison feeling like I don't know what I'm doing is this what I want to do it is what I want to do but is it something that will be that I'll be successful at like how do I you know break in is this the right choice did I choose the right university I right now the answer is no but I just I saw a TikTok earlier that said just because it would have been different doesn't mean it would have been better And I definitely have had moments in my life that were like, you know, be careful what you wish for because you might get it and it'll be in a completely different scenario or size, shape or form than you wanted. And you would have been better off not having the thing that you thought you wanted so bad. And it's hard because I've been through like so much bullshit here that nobody could have predicted. And it's like, maybe it would have been better at one of the other schools I got into but maybe it could have been worse I genuinely cannot imagine things being worse but I'm not even going to go down that path because (laughs) the more I'm thinking about it yeah it possibly could have and it possibly still can get worse here 
And it's also an interesting thing to think, like, every choice you make, like, there's always a path that you didn't take that you won't know what happened because you can only make one choice or another. And so I think about, like, who could I have met? Like, what would I have experienced? And it's easy to romanticize what we don't know or, you know, even what we've been through. Like, I miss Pittsburgh every day. I really loved living there. But compared to here I start to forget all of the negative things about Pittsburgh the things that I didn't love the things that were hard the things that were you know unsavory about it that maybe this place doesn't have but (laughs) I'm trying to be rational and like even keeled and like you know just like a well-adjusted adult but it's so hard trying to find things to you know keep going and I think a big lesson that I've learned is that sometimes (laughs) there is no there is no positive there's no silver lining it's things just suck things are just bad things are just the wrong choice the wrong decision the wrong path and you the only way out is through and it's hard to talk about this with other people because a lot of other people they just they don't know. Like I said, there's no one who could have prepared me for this experience or what I would go through. And there's people who've been in, you know, graduate school, but they have a completely different experience. Or there's people who, you know, they they mean well and they want to encourage you, but <laughs> but people, they just don't understand And it's been hard for me to try and, like, talk about my experiences with my family who, again, mean well, have well wishes. But it's like, just keep going. Just try and, you know, be grateful for the little things. And you can do it. You've survived, you know, all these other experiences. But it's like, yes, that's true. But also this one is new and different and also really bad. It makes me feel terrible. And it's okay to acknowledge that things are bad. And, and, you know, acknowledge that constantly pushing and fighting and working towards things, you can burn out. And it's okay to consider alternatives to just suffering through because you're supposed to or because other people have. Um, And on a broader scale, it just made me think of, like, all of the generational, like, patterns and things that I'm breaking or working on or recognizing and it kind of adds a lot to my shoulders like it it is hard being the one who like starts to think differently or starts to speak up for themselves or set boundaries especially regarding like who I am as an adult and like how I make decisions and how I navigate and like deciding like you know, how much do I justify this or how much do I keep to myself or how much do I let people in who are well-meaning, but also, you know, they have their own, they have their own views, which aren't always, (laughs) you know, open-minded or great. And so it's hard because as me, like, I feel like I have friends. I'm able to make friends. I'm a likable person. I love my family. I love my friends that I have, but I am like alone a lot of the time. And I would say I get more bored than lonely 
but I also walk a line of like oversharing because <laughs> I feel wealthy versus like isolating myself and not asking for help. That's a deadly combination where you can't shut the hell up about your business, but also like you can't open your mouth to ask for help. And it's hard because I've, you know, learned to be independent in a different state, you know, for four years, like I'm used to figuring it out, but also have my family close by. But now, I don't know, there's more, there's more layers to it. Like having to set boundaries and like having to say to my parents, like, I love you guys, but you just don't understand the experience and so I'm gonna refrain from talking about these certain things because your responses come across you know however they may come across and so it's it's just a weird sort of situation that I'm in and I forget the point that I was going in to make <laughs> starting this segment but yeah I just I don't think that I really want to do this anymore (laughs) um but it's also like again there's that sometimes toxic positivity like I'm halfway there I might as well might as well just see what happens and keep going and there are things that are going positive like I said I'm on a dance team In regards to the department being a mess, like I've joined student committees where we're trying to make change and work with the department and faculty to get things done. And I do feel, you know, fulfilled in helping with the cause and not just letting the status quo be what it is. But again, it's so hard when all I wanted to do when I came here was learn and learn to to start a career like that's genuinely what I wanted to do like I feel like I've learned enough personal lessons like I just want to learn like what I need to be a successful professional um but again life doesn't always give you what you want or ask for things are never as simple or as complicated as we think they're gonna be um but this situation overall has really shown me like (laughs) as much research as you do like as many boxes as you check off there's always going to be things that are different than you expect and so the biggest lesson I've learned in this first year of graduate school is that everything is in shambles and I don't I don't got this (laughs) like everyone says you got this I don't but you have to be okay with that and be able to roll with the punches there are so many times where past me would have like stayed up crying and pushing myself and sacrificing to get things done or to make things perfect but the semester once I finished something I just threw up my hand so I turned in the assignment and I said all right how do I you know get back to me how do I <laughs> reclaim my time as they say and again I really I really don't feel a type of way about getting an F or getting a C or a B minus or whatever. Like, I know that I'm a good and a successful student. And even if I flop, like, I'll just write an appeal. I'll just follow the process. Like, it's much easier 
to approach nonsense when you know that you could get you could get crazy if we want to be silly like <laughs> if you want to be funny i could be hilarious like i've reached a point in a lot of aspects in my life where i just don't give a fuck anymore like i essentially told my dad to like be quiet the other day cuz he had nothing positive to say and it felt really good and so like if i can tell my own family you know like respectfully please shut up like what makes you think that I won't say that to you? And again, like I said, I'm trying to be a kinder person, a nicer person, but also a person who has boundaries. I feel like that's really important. And that's been really cool as an adult to realize like, hey, this thing makes me uncomfortable or I don't enjoy engaging in this way with this thing or this person or this idea or this topic. And so I'm going to set up these boundaries to protect my well-being and my state of mind. And I think it's been paying off pretty much so far um I can say my digestive issues have been getting better my headaches have been getting worse those are like the biggest stress induced things but I'm gonna take my win that I don't have heartburn anymore (laughs) so that's cool um yeah I'm just trying to take more agency of my life but also not be so rigid because everything in the last six months has fallen apart and well really eight or ten honestly the last 15 (laughs) let's just (laughs) let's just paint it with a broad stroke here like everything that I meticulously planned and obsessed and was anxious over some worked some didn't and yet I'm still here sometimes a little worse for wear but I'm still here and I think that it's a sign that the life that I was living in the in the academia in the higher education bubble I think my time has come to an end and so this last year is really just about getting the work and getting it done and laughing at the things that made me cry before like (laughs) everyone we're just people at the end of the day and we deserve to I don't know I'm trying to be inspirational but honestly like I really don't give a fuck anymore so if I I'm I'm just gonna speak my mind say whatever I want like because really who's gonna check me what are you gonna do you're not gonna be my friend okay you're not gonna (laughs) like I don't know and here even here trying to think of like consequences of setting boundaries like I don't care I'm gonna tell people exactly what I think I'm gonna do what I need to do to take care of me And I'm just going to see what happens because I've done the opposite of trying to people please and trying to be perfect and do all the right things. And it never really fully works out the way I want it to. So might as well do what I want and see what happens. Right. And so we've come to the end of this episode. I feel like, you know what? I don't even know. This is my first one back in a while, and these these are always sort of, you know, brain dump episodes, and I definitely have a lot of material that I can go in-depth on different topics and things I've experienced and learned in this first year of graduate school. Um, Just know that it's hard, it's difficult, it's not very fun, and I want to quit a lot of times, but 
I'll just keep going and see what happens. And if it doesn't work out, if I end up dropping out, hey, I gave it. I really can 1000% say I tried my best. I, <laughs> in the face of slamming doors and big X, red X's and no's, I kept going. And so if it doesn't work, I'm genuinely at peace with the idea of not having a graduate degree. And if it does work, um, we just have to wait and see if it paid off. And if it doesn't, we'll cope. And if it does, we'll just keep adjusting our expectations and hope that life has something better in store. Every time I log on Instagram and I see people at the beach, you know, on vacation, people who are also in graduate school, (laughs) having a great time going to the club and out to dinner. Do I have the time or money or resources to do any of that? No. (laughs) Do I wish I did? Yeah, but I don't. And that's the reality of it. And there's a kind of peace in knowing that someday, one day, at some point, I will have the freedom and the ability to live the way that I want and all these experiences now will make it so much better and so much more appreciative of the freedom that I'll be able to have because I can say look here's the evidence here's the material I have been through everything so I deserve everything and that's on period so Thank you so much for listening to this episode. There will be many more throughout this second year of graduate school. Also the summer in between because hopefully something good happens <laughs> that I'll be able to tell you all about. But yeah, if you have friends in grad school, family members, send them $5, 10 20 because we need it. <laughs> Thank you so, so, so much for listening and I hope to have you listening again soon. Bye. And another one.